listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 63 on Ed Reach, Class Dojo, part 1. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, August 4th, 2012. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. A big voice. A big voice. <laughs> Very nice. That was awesome. <laughs> this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. I'm Sam. And I'm Liam. And as you can tell, uh, we have some uh, guests this week, some wonderfully uh, talented guests. And, of course, as you can tell, they are not American. And uh, <laughs> they are wonderfully We're trying. <laughs> What's that? We're trying. Yeah. We're trying. You're trying. There you go. So hold on. I, I want to make sure I get, get this right. Are you English? That's right. We're both English, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I don't want to, you know, say, you know, you're English and then have you say, no, I'm from Wales. Or yeah, I'm yeah, from yeah. Northern Ireland. Yeah, so, okay. So, uh, Nothing Sam, wrong with being Welsh. It, no. I, I, I actually grew up in Wales. I was born oh. in England, but I grew up in Wales, so I consider myself English still. Okay. okay. See, that's the minefield that you that you have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the United States, you know, are you a Yank or are you a Southerner? Right. <laughs> are you West Coast or are you Midwest or are you, you know, East? Yeah. So we have the same same things going on here. So uh, we have our two guests today are from Class Dojo, and I know some of you out there, our listeners, have been uh, talking to me about Class Dojo. In fact, I learned about Class Dojo probably a, a month or so ago, uh, at least. And while I was part of some technology training, and this teacher brought up this this behavior management uh, program that's online called Class Dojo, and I'm like, my ears perked up because I was totally um, wanting to find something to use within my classroom. And so I got onto this site, I signed up for it, loving it, and that's where our two guests are from today. And they are the co-founders of Class Dojo, and I want them to introduce themselves, give a little bit about themselves. So Sam, why don't you tell us? Yeah, sure. So hi, this is Sam. Um, I was a high school teacher in the UK, and after that, I actually worked in education consulting at McKinsey for a while. Uh, and about a year ago, I moved to California and uh, started Class Dojo with a friend of mine, Liam. Um, and I was formerly a computer science major, always had an interest in education, but I worked in the games industry for a while uh, before working in education technology on a PhD. And then I joined Sam out here in the US to start Class Dojo. Very cool. Jerry? My name is Jerry, and I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth-grade social studies and language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And I still don't have any rain, Jerry. <laughs> it's got to be got to be getting pretty bad. I mean, we've had a couple spouts of rain, but it's still pretty dry up here. So, Although it's yeah. supposed to be stormy tomorrow. which it's supposed to be. See, this is what I was talking about, Sam and Liam, that we go on tangents. And right now, we're in a severe drought. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll give some useless information because I'm a social studies teacher and that's my job um, at some point in time. And so, you know, we are one of the largest producers of corn and beans. We are the largest producer of corn and beans for any county in the United States. And our our crops are just it's it's really, really oh, bad. Man. So 
yeah, we're I'm right in the middle of the heartland, and it's 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 been very bad. They're talking about water rationing and things like that. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be angry if I can't get corn salsa at my Taco Bell. Yeah, that's right. Gonna be bad. Right. It's gonna be bad. I mean, it rains all the time in San Francisco, so we we got you covered. We there's well, not thanks. really why we moved to California. I I got to say. Yeah. yeah we weren't right. expecting this at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I know over in England uh, there's been a lot of rain. There, there always is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems more so, especially with the Olympics. I'm guessing you guys have been watching a little. Yeah, it's been it's been really great, and it's um it's a shame we can't be there uh, this summer, but it's it's a lot of fun. I'm sure your friends are you're probably talking back and forth with your friends. Have they attended? Yes, yeah, they don't they don't stop rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's now. Don't want to because I was watching it earlier, and I don't know if it was delayed or not, but uh, um, you know. I guess Great Britain was down to uh, Canada, two to nothing in women's football. Now, for American listeners out there, soccer. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, did I they? I was already confused. Were they? Did you know if they won or lost that game? I haven't been following the the, the women's soccer closely. Okay. But, um, that's, so, that's unusual for you. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go any further with that one. You guys, you guys are fitting in quite well. So. <laughs> So I guess we better get down to you know what what we have you on the show for, but uh, we definitely like our listeners to get to know our guests a little bit and, and what they what they've done. So we like I said, I, I stumbled upon Class Dojo, and just to give you a little background of what I've done in the past, and it's I'm constantly looking at different ways of of uh, managing my classroom, interacting with my students. And what we've done in the past, and it's kind of been mandated by certain regulations within my district, is basically behavior charts for students that are having um, difficulties behaving properly within the classroom. I'm not going to go into the details and the philosophy of, you know, how to do that and what, what should be done. You know, it's, we're, we won't get into that, but it is something that is mandated that, you know, we keep track of and, and gather data for certain students. Right. And so I came across, you know, so we we had clipboards that were going around from teacher to teacher. And then I saw this and it was just like, whoa, this is wonderful. I don't have to use clipboards. I can digitally do this on an iPad, an iPhone, on my computer. I can um, send this information uh, mm -hmm. to parents. I can uh, have the students see their their information. And it's something that I don't have to do for just one student. I can do for all students. And it takes a lot less time. So I guess I just sold your uh, – <laughs> I just explained everything there. But, I mean, how did you come about to uh, – you know, what is the goal of Class Dojo, and how did how did it come into being? Yeah, well, I'll tell you a little bit about what it is, and then we can talk about the goal and, and how it came about. But um, so, so as, you, as you very eloquently said, like, Class Dojo is a, it's a tool that – the goal is to help teachers, parents, and students improve behavior. Um, and actually build specific positive learning behaviors in the classroom and also at home. Um, and how it came about is, is pretty interesting. Back when Liam and I started last summer, um, we decided that we just wanted to solve real problems um, in education for teachers, for students, for parents. So we ended up interviewing um, more than a couple of hundred teachers um, across the U.S. and internationally and just asked them what their biggest pain points were at school or what they got most frustrated with. And what we consistently heard was that behavior is a big pain point for a variety of reasons. Either it's just a painful thing to try and manage, or there's a lot of uh, regulation around it about data that needs to be collected, and all of it just seemed like a difficult problem. Um, so we thought we'd step in and try and solve that. 
Uh, and when we built Class Dojo, um, we tried to move beyond the, the, the idea of behavior as discipline and actually um, frame behavior as a positive thing, where we're now using real-time feedback to actually build positive behaviors in the classroom in a data-driven way and in a way that engages students, parents, and teachers. So the main goal is to, was, I guess in the initial, is was to help out teachers um, you know, ease the pain of classroom discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And I think teachers were always, uh, we, we started with thinking, how can we help a teacher uh, to do his or her everyday job? You know, like, how can we really improve their day? Uh, and then we moved on from there to say, we quickly realized as soon as we actually got into classrooms, we're like, well, you know, we need to, we need to target this towards students as well, because if the students don't believe in it and don't buy into it, then it's not really going to be any kind of an effective system. Uh, so we'll probably talk about that a bit later, but that's part yeah. of the reason for some of the design choices around Class Dojo. Well, I, and I'm speaking as a teacher, as a parent. Uh, in fact, my child actually goes to the middle school that I teach at. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, I can see it from all different angles. And everybody from the parents, the teachers, and the students need to be involved. And it, it, you've done that. I think, you know, we got to think about our listeners because we're not a video podcast can you kind of uh, verbally describe give some visuals of what class dojo looks like yeah sure so typically the way class dojo is used is that it's displayed in a classroom uh, for the entirety of the class period and, and what the interface looks like it's almost like a seating chart um, where all the students have their own little avatars uh, i'm sure we'll talk about those when we talk a bit more about the gamification but you know they're a bit of fun and they're engaging for the students but they're also backed by research um, because they depersonalize the feedback a little bit which makes it less threatening um, so this kind of seating chart of avatars gets displayed in the classroom and then the teacher um, can award and reinforce specific behaviors. So if, for example, I saw Zach doing a, a, great, a great job of teamwork, I can say, Zach, you know, that, that, that's a great job, great example of teamwork, and give you plus one for teamwork. There's a visual pop-up in the classroom. There's also an audio notification, and that point gets recorded on your profile permanently. It gets put into a, a report, which can then be shared with parents and other teachers. And when you have this up in front of the class, I'm, I'm assuming that you're just doing the positive behaviors. Yeah, ab absolutely. And like the whole spirit of Class Dojo is a positive reinforcement tool. It's supposed to build positive behaviors. Um, and, and we look at the awards that are given on the site. Uh, you know, almost all of them are positive awards. Right. Yes. And um, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Uh, so uh, if I have this on my iPad yeah. and I put the f feedback in there, I give, you know, Sam a positive uh, for, you know, doing his work today. Does that instantly show up on the, if I have this pre uh, projected on the smart board, can I be in multiple, can I be logged in in multiple places and have that show up instantaneously? Yes, you can, uh, you can use it across virtually any device, actually. You can use it on your phone, your iPad, your laptop, your projector. Um, okay. So really, it, it will fit into most classroom environments that have even the slightest hint of technology in them. Okay. Um, and yeah, you can give a point on your iPad or your or your phone and see that pop up on the projector in front of the class. Yeah, That's, it, it I like that. It up, uh, of course, all the devices you're using it on. What's that? I said it all syncs up instantly across all the devices you're using it on. Very nice. That's, that's, that's helpful. And I guess, 
you know, you can use it in whatever manner that you want. I could see, in, in some respects, teachers wanting that up in front of the classroom. I could see other teachers not wanting to do that. But you give the flexibility um, for that. Yeah, you, you could just use it to log behavior using your phone. Um, and also, there's a lot of flexibility in what those behaviors are because you can completely customize which behaviors you want to see in your classroom. So if you have some class values or if you have certain classroom rules that you want to uh, uphold, then you can just put those in and, and reinforce those rather than the default ones that we provide. Right. So let's say I have the um, have my class, you know, up on the on the smart board, on mm-hmm. the, the whiteboard, and I wanted to put a negative mark down while I'm on my phone or my iPad. Can I have that not show up on the board? Yeah, we have a setting that allows you to switch that on or off. If you want to, you could, but we just thought the best thing is individual teacher flexibility. Now, we, we I think, default for that not to be the case, but um, if that was something, if you did want it to show up, that is possible. Uh, okay. So, so, I mean, I think I think the, the main point here, though, and the kind of the philosophy behind Class Dojo is that we've always been very close to our teachers and we've always listened very carefully to what teachers wanted. Now, we didn't want to create a prescriptive way of doing things, so we've we've tried to make it a very flexible, customizable tool for every teacher in their own classroom. Um, and that, that's kind of really guided us. So mm. you know, we're talking about you know, how does it work? There's a lot of options that you can you can use to make it work the way you want to make it work. That, and that's great because that's that's what I've seen, and it seen and it also seems like you're constantly doing little updates here and there. They're allowing for more flexibility because you know each teacher is different, uh, each class is different. You could you could uh, integrate this within uh, each class in a different manner depending on the yep. makeup of the class. And we and we we have some new features coming out soon, which are going to be uh, I think very exciting for teachers who want to customize that kind of thing. One example is. Um, customizable seating chart so you can actually recreate your classroom up on the screen and have the exact layout um, reflected up on screen. That's very nice because I'm I'm getting uh, the sixth grade throughout my district about a thousand students are getting a, a netbook a device this year right and my whole classroom setup I'm just going through my head all the different ways to set this up because you don't necessarily have to be facing uh, the front of the room uh, you can definitely move things around, and having that flexibility within a, uh, you know, in a seating chart would be wonderful. Yeah. So how how, I guess have you seen some ways that have been that you've really enjoyed seeing a teacher use, you know, an effective use of your tool, and then you know, are there any ways that you're really not wanting to see <laughs> this tool right. used? Yeah, let me, let me start with the second question. Okay. <laughs> start with positive, end with the negative. Or start with negative, end with the positive. Then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, I mean, you know, it's what we said earlier, right? Obviously, the whole spirit behind Class Dojo is about positive reinforcement. It's about building positive behavior. And what we'd hate to see is teachers using it as kind of a public humiliation device. <laughs> so, you know, we, we strongly, we, we've made design choices in the product which encourage teachers to... Uh, to only award positives and to focus more on uh, consistent positive reinforcement. There is still the option to record you know, when things don't go so well, um, but we prefer that to be private and to be a conversation between the teachers and the student rather than uh, a public display. Um, so then, uh, to, 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 does, does that help with the second question? Yeah, and then perfect. To, to the, great. And then the first question on you know, how are teachers using the tool effectively? I mean, 
you know, we've learned so much this past year just by seeing different teachers in different contexts, you know, in more than 30 countries um, now uh, use the tool. But a couple of my favorite ways, um, one is that when teachers use it for the entire class period, um, so it's up on this on the whiteboard, uh, either in the background or in front of curriculum for, you know, six to eight hours a day. And actually the teacher gives control to the students. So the students have the iPad or the iPhone and they're awarding the points to other students. And that's really exciting for us because you know, that peer-to-peer -peer element is really important. Collaboration is, is and working together is wonderful. Yeah. That is that is one way. <clears throat> that's, that's a great way. That's huge. And actually, we've spent a, um, a huge amount of time recently studying different you know evaluation documents and things as they're redoing our whole evaluation system here in Illinois and um, one of the biggest steps that that teachers can take is if you look through the evidence and the data it says um, you know like a scoring a three on this scale out of four would be like you telling a kid that they did a good job but scoring a four out of four on this scale is a kid telling another kid that they did a good job because you you've then created that type of environment uh, to reinforce that. So that's that's actually right in line with what a lot of people are looking at right now. So that's great to hear. Uh, one of those things that I was, I, I'm thinking this through and using, you know, using the, this this fall is um, I saw one teacher on your site that recommended giving everybody the same avatar. But once they kind of earned it, I guess, down the road, mm -hmm. they were able to choose their own avatar. Right. Um, so that's the way. That's something that teachers improvise for themselves, and uh, I think in future we're also going to build into the product to uh, to allow to allow teachers to enable uh, rather. And that's kind of a a way that they've hacked it themselves, right? So I yeah. think we'll be able to offer features like that in future, where we can allow students to yeah, to do that through the system. Uh, like I think what I think what you're saying is like there is that what you see is some teachers using it as like a, a level up system in a way. So everyone starts on it with the same avatar, and then as groups of students or as the class progresses, um, and as groups of students earn points, they can change their avatar or get cooler avatars and that kind of thing. Yes. So it's yeah. kind of. Teachers, I mean, we, we didn't intend it to have levels and, and that kind of thing, but teachers, as Liam said, teachers are hacking their own way uh, of implementing some kind of level up structure. While yes. we're on um, avatars in general, the artwork for this site is really cool. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And like we were saying earlier, you know, I'm in a high school setting, but I still think a lot of my kids would really enjoy um, <laughs> so many of these these guys. They're kind of, they, some of them are kind of cute and some of them are kind of weird. And so, you know, where did you guys get this inspiration for for these? Uh, so we actually have a, a very talented artist who works with us called Monica. Um, and the properties you just described are pretty much an element of her style, which she created for Class Dojo which is kind of um, cute with just a little edge to it. You know, like uh, there's, there's a kind of a, a slight darkness, but that, that's, not, that's, that's not a bad thing, right? I think it really appeals to kids. because it's, yeah, you, you have to have that when dealing with kids. I mean, especially some of the, you know, the older the kids get, they like that little twist. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, and often throughout the site, you'll find a few kind of in-jokes and things if you look at some of the, uh, some of the illustrations. But I'll, I'll let you discover those for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's something that, especially with the different avatars, um, is, you know, talk about with possibility of reward. Is, are rewards something that you're, you're looking at? Having some type of system of rewards or badges or levels? Yeah, I mean, um, 
we haven't we haven't really considered rewards and part of the reason for that is that we wanted to focus more on the kind of real-time feedback element mm-hmm. um, so you know and what we found is just giving ki- giving uh, kids that feedback is powerful enough to change their behavior and actually we didn't want to start um, offering kind of extrinsic rewards um, through the site um, because the feedback alone seems to be working now no, and, and I agree I don't take the rewards the wrong way as in, okay, they're going to earn a $5 gift card. Right, somewhere. right, right. But as in, you know, I almost look at rewards, especially for the kids, a badge is a reward. Right, 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 right. You know, that's, yeah. it's something that, you know, you really can't touch. You know, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of websites that are out there that I use Get Glue, which is, you know, for watching movies and things like that. And I earn all these badges if, I'm, if I've watched certain things. And yeah, it's a little kind of a pick me up that, oh, that's pretty cool. I got mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're not we're not against doing uh, game type structures like that. Things like badges and levels are, are quite possible. Rewards, particularly, we wanted to stay away from, and um, and so we you know we'll just focus on creating like a game dynamics and things that are exciting for kids in the classroom. And, and I agree, Zach. I think like you know the badges and levels could be really exciting. Um, it's just been uh, we we haven't managed to get to it this year. But uh, you know, if it's something that teachers want, and, and uh, you know, we'd love to hear feedback on uh, on what would be most effective, um, yeah. and certainly something we'd, we'd love to do. Well, and it's something that I, I know if it's not there as I'm using it at the beginning of the year, I'll definitely come up with a way to <laughs> to hack around yes, it. Exactly. And, yeah. and in, in fact, you know, even have the students give feedback on how they want to see it, uh, have them be part of the process. I yeah. think would be very beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we talked about kids, um, like uh, giving everybody uh, the same avatar and then being able to choose a different one, kind of as a reward like that. Um, maybe in a, another scenario uh, where they could almost edit their avatar. Have you guys thought about, you know, incorporating anything like that, maybe into like an editing type process where kids could start to do that, or is that kind of yeah. getting into another area you don't want to get into? No, no, it's it's uh, really interesting you say that. So. Um a little while ago, a couple of months ago, we launched a small beta test of student accounts where teachers could give students uh, codes and the students could log in, have their own profiles and see their own accounts. And actually, uh, one of the top requested features, which we then built, uh, was an avatar creator. So awesome. students can customize their own avatars and change all the arms and legs and eyes and mouths. Oh, that's cool. Sweet. That's fantastic. That is yeah. very nice. If you go on the site and print out those student codes and hand them out to your kids, then the kids will be able to sign up for an account, and they'll be able to do that right now, actually. So wow. that's that's how they're able to get that instant instant feedback. Yeah, and um, that and obviously the instant feedback that you as a teacher give as part of the classroom. And I think that's one of the things that brings it um, close to being a game because the way the way I view games are, there are really every game is a learning experience where you're learning about the rules of the game and how to interact with them and how to ultimately, you know, play within those rules and then win. And where games are quite unique and why they're so compelling, both for students, you know, children, adults, is because you get this instant feedback for for every action you take, you know. Whether you're playing a racing game, you know, you get instant feedback when you spin out and hit the wall and you really <laughs> you know, that that's that kind of instantly gives you one of those learning hits, you know, aha, I don't do that, right? I uh and that's the kind of same feedback that we want to bring to the classroom because until now, behavior has been the kind of thing where you get a once-a-term PTA meeting where you get this big, huge amount of feedback that's kind of hard to act on in, instead of these sort of micro-adjustments. Yeah, it's also, it's you know? also too yeah. after the fact and usually too mm. to do anything. 
the closer to the moment it is, the more the more effective that feedback well, is. Well, you're, you're preaching to the choir because that's something that we have been, you know, we've talked about, our guests have talked about, uh, it's something that we strive for, and it's very it can be very difficult as a teacher to do that. Now, do I have to end, because I know, because I've messed around with this, do I have to end the class in order for them, for the students to see the feedback, or is it, do they see real-time also? So so the students see these real-time notifications, so I can see that what points I got for, Sweet. you know, so I can, I can see the pop-up for, you know, plus one for teamwork or plus one for persistence. Uh, and then when you end the class, you actually see, a report which is automatically generated so you never have to do any data entry um, all the data gets stored logged uh, and analyzed automatically and you can see this report um, which you can send home to parents or share with the students or other administrators and teachers and a, and a common way to use that is uh, a teacher will use it throughout the lesson and at the end of the lesson you can hit end class and you'll see this donut which is like a pie chart of overall how positive was this lesson and often teachers will say you know okay class Today, we want to be above 90% for this lesson. And then they, at the end of the lesson, they can see how well they did uh, according to that target. So it's a really basic goal setting as well. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little deeper here on a question. So I have uh, Jerry's my student. He's a tr troubled kid, and so uh, he, he's having some issues. But I work on with a, I work with a team of teachers. Uh, we're actually a three-person team, and you know he goes from my class. He will go to the math teacher's class, and then go off to the science teacher's classroom. Um, is there is there a way to kind of have all that together in one report uh, to be able to kind of I guess meld those together and and and, and merge those uh, that data? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's there's two things, actually. I'll tell you what we currently have, and then I'll give you a sneak peek of what's coming in the next okay. few weeks. So currently, um, if uh, if all the teachers give Jerry the student code so that he can subscribe to their class or to that teacher, mm -hmm. um, then Jerry can see and his parents can see all the data in one view. Um, and so all okay. the data gets merged on the student side. Now, what's coming in the next few weeks, which is really exciting, um, and uh, it's a bit of a secret, but I'll, I'll let slip here. Um, is, uh, Ed Gamer exclusive. Ed, Ed yep. Gamer exclusive is yeah. um, the ability to actually share with teachers in your own school. Oh, cool. So Very you're nice. See, you share data across other teachers. Okay, wonderful. And that's that's something, like I said, because as, as a team of teachers, we try to gather this data together and, and put it together. So it, will it be merged just like what the students would see? Uh, potentially. We're still going okay. through some of the logistics of it because we want to make sure it's secure. Um, right. But, um, you know, again, feedback on what you'd like to see would yeah. be helpful. And it's absolutely on the roadmap, but uh, that may be a few weeks after this initial release. So. Wonderful. That's that's good because that's that's a key part of, you know, of what we're doing and be able to to track that data. Um, I'm really liking the direction that you guys are going with this, and it's it's very exciting. And I think the students, once they see it, uh, once I print out those codes and give it to them, um, yeah, I could just yeah, I think they're yeah. going to be pretty uh, giddy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. about the whole thing. Thank you for listening to this week's EdGamer podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach network. Have a great week. I once beat Michael Phelps in a swimming race. <laughs> <laughs> but I was on a boat. You, you were on a boat. Okay. I didn't know if he was wearing water wings or something. It was slowing him down. <laughs>
This concludes Part 1 with Class Dojo. Please tune in next week for Part 2 on Saturday, August 11th. We will discuss games and learning with Class Dojo creators Sam and Liam.